thankful to be in a place where miracles can take place. Hallelujah. I believe that. I read enough in the book to persuade me if he never performs another miracle in my life or in my ministry, which is not mine anyway. I'm representing his. It's his kingdom. It's his name. It's his heartbeat and will that we're pursuing to attain. I believe every earthen vessel, amen, is actually a vessel and a candidate for the Holy Ghost and to become a part of the kingdom of God. The Bible is real plain in instructing us and telling us that whosoever will, hallelujah, whosoever will can come now. I'm glad I was willing to come when I heard it and receive it and to continue to walk therein. God bless you this morning. Appreciate each one of you in the house of the Lord today. God bless you. We're going to let our classes go back. Amen. So good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. Come and love and worship the Lord. I appreciate our instrument players and singers. And those of you that are helping us out in the Sunday school department, God bless each one of our Sunday school teachers. Amen. As they endeavor to plant the Word of God, that seed into the heart and the souls of our children. Amen. Our young people. Hallelujah. It's going to be an important thing in this end time because the devil will distort and twist. And then you got man and theologies and things of that nature that's trying to come along. Philosophers, I mean, it's coming along trying to distort and twist and uh, the word of God itself. But thank God for truth this morning. Thank God for truth that will set or make us free. Hallelujah. That give us revelation. Thank God for that illuminating light that you and I can come running to. Amen. And in that light, find what we need to help us along this journey this morning. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be among God's people. What an honor it is and a privilege, amen, to be able to come back and stand in this pulpit to preach the Word of God and to uh, be used of the Lord and to be about God's business. We're about something, I'm telling you, it's far greater than the, the purpose of the whole United States. And what this state, amen, and nation was created for. Even we're a hold of something, amen, that's greater than the nation of Israel. And the Jews themselves. Hallelujah. We're a hold of a kingdom that won't know any ending. Amen. Israel as a nation won't always be as a nation. You do with that what you want to. There's a new heaven or a new earth. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about Israel. You don't have to worry about the United States. But you don't have to worry about Japan or Russia. Amen. Or any other place. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of something this morning that's everlasting. That's the reason, as Paul put it, we have hope not only in this life, but in that one to come. Amen. We always got something to look up. I don't care how bad it gets. Hallelujah. I want to worship him. I, I thought about when we were singing that song, I'm not going to let a rock take my place. Amen. You know, there, there's no problem with that when you're on the mountain. There's no problem with that when you have any pain in your body. No problem with that when all oh, the kids are doing good and the family's doing good. And man, you're on top of the world. But you know what? I believe we also need to purpose in our minds and establish in our hearts and spirits. I may be as low as I've ever been in living for God and upon this earth. But I'm still not going to let a rock take my place of praising this God. 
of magnifying this God, of giving glory, hallelujah, of lifting my thigh to the strength to lift my hands and lift up my voice, hallelujah, unto this almighty God called Jesus Christ. There's none beside him or likened unto him. Hallelujah, he'll stick closer than a brother. He'll stick closer than a friend. He's the only one that can bring you through the shadow of death. Death, hallelujah, does not hallelujah captivate us. He's already conquered death, the last enemy. Hallelujah, hadn't been conquered on this earth, but it has been conquered by my Savior called Jesus Christ. I've said this before, especially in the past, last past. You ever get an individual that just simply doesn't fear death? And when he goes into a battle, when he goes into a fight, man, he's willing to fight unto death. He's a hard dude to deal with. Hallelujah. Because most of the time, the only thing that will persuade him is death itself. That we can't win this battle. Right down to the last breath. We'll mow him down. And so how true that was as we watched even the first martyr of the New Testament, Stephen. As they were stoning and taking the, his physical life but couldn't rob him of his spiritual eternity and what he could behold even in the last moments a man upon this earth there could be a more beautiful testimony and a witness for each saint of God in their last moments of, of, of death or of life upon this earth that they can be a testimony enlightened man of seeing beyond the heavens seeing that Savior seeing Jesus Christ standing <laughs> and from all from all accounts I would say in full approval of what was taking place upon the earth at that moment in time in Stephen's life I know as you and I would look at it maybe possibly from a physical standpoint we might would want to dispute with that if that was our son if that was our husband man nobody wants to see the departing of a loved one doesn't matter when it is and if you have a true love for them and a care for them Man, you, that's, that's part of you. You just you hate to see to depart from you. Amen. But if we've made the right arrangements, hallelujah, we got, we got something to look forward to. Got look, amen. It's, we're looking to life. Got a beautiful lesson today. Man, promises. How many is thankful for the promises of God? The most important promise is eternal life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I'm glad to know the one that has the words of eternal life. I'm glad to know the one, amen, that has, is the doorway to eternal life. The way maker in this house this morning. Receiving the promise. Our lesson's big ideal. We will receive God's promises by faith. By faith. Amen. So we, we go to focus, amen, on promises, but at the same time, the, probably the most important element of promises is faith. Because God has promised us eternal life to whosoever will. God's promised us that He can heal us of any disease, any affliction. God's promised us that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll be with us. And all right, we've all been there. Now, come on, let's all be honest. Hallelujah. There's times when we really didn't know you like Job. <laughs> Search for him, look for him. But it was the word of God that kept us because we knew by the word of God that he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And I don't feel him. We'd rather feel him, wouldn't we? We don't walk by feeling, but we'd much. it's a whole lot easier to walk when you're feeling him. 
Amen. You know, we, we talk about those chill bumps, but I tell you what, it sure helps, amen, to walk in peanut butter if you're feeling those chill bumps. That's right. Amen. If you feel your lifter and your helper, amen, helping you in that journey. And you know that you're in the heartbeat and the will of God. But you know what? When it's sometimes in struggle, amen, if we're not careful, that's the first attack of the enemy. If we're not careful, amen, he'll be, where's your God? Amen. Where's he at right now? And, uh, but thank God he's, he's with us and he's going to be with us and as he works for us. As we look at our focus verses this morning, Genesis 12, our lesson text, no doubt, is coming out of Genesis 12, 1 and 8, Romans 4 and 1 through 12, Romans. And there's a lot of scriptures and I probably got a lot more than what I'll be able to address here this morning, but hopefully and prayerfully, amen, to persuade you here today, amen, the power of these promises and then the importance of an element called a man, an ingredient of a, as a Christian called faith. The scriptures made it very plain to us that it is impossible to please God without it. You cannot please God. You got to have faith, and and faith sometimes can be it's nothing but the grain of a mustard seed, but that's enough. If it's planted in the Word of God, if it's planted in God, Amen. If we have the patience to endure, Amen, to, until we see it come to pass and see it to take place. Sometimes we know the Word of God itself is likened to a seed. Amen. And we know that in Genesis 3 and 15, the seed, the seed, the son, the seed of a woman, amen. And the, the point of time is going to come. We know it's wrapped up in Jesus. And we know that Jesus Christ was the Word. The Word became flesh. And, and, and I thought about it even in prayer this morning and, and prayed, God, you help us. You help us right here, amen, for, that we would uh, be able to accomplish everything that you promised this church. Amen. Everything that you like to see fulfilled, amen, in this local assembly and this community as representing your kingdom, as representing your love and the power and the authority of the word of God. God has to deal with soil just like anybody else. Amen. You know, these vessels, you know, the seed is, put, is placed inside these vessels and there's four different types of soil that the scripture talks about. And we, we could isolate them and consider ourselves, but probably, I would believe there's a good chance where we've struggled probably in all different areas of these types of soil, possibly even after receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. When the enemy would come in and sow the tares and whenever we allow our circumstances and the pitfalls of life. And even the writer talks about in the very beginning of a lesson he writes and talks about the birthday and skepticism about the people keeping promises. Anybody ever broke a promise? If you're not careful, if I'm not careful, these things have a tendency to harden us. Have a tendency, amen, to cause our spirit, amen, and our reasoning abilities of dealing with life and dealing with circumstances. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to question We'll begin to question the events around us. And, and if we're not careful, amen, if we're not established and grounded and, and we'll refuse to be shaken, to, hallelujah, we'll find ourselves struggling with a lot of these things. Amen. And we, with after, after receiving the Holy Ghost. But thank God for the Holy Ghost that's promised to us, amen, to comfort us, to secure us and to help us along this journey that we're walking today. Thank God for the whole... I'll tell you what, we ought to be the most exciting people. First of all, to realize and have a revelation that there was a need for the Holy Ghost. And then to receive it. Hallelujah. Never took it, amen, as a moment or just to have granitely, you know, just took the Holy Ghost. In fact, I would like to say this. Maybe this is not the proper time. I believe this is one of the dangerous things, amen, of being raised on an apostolic pew. Hallelujah. Just taking it for granted. Not really realizing, amen, how precious it really is, how important it is. You become accommodated and just used to the hand of God and the voice of God and the 
presence of God to, hallelujah in your life that's like people that's always had money and always going to have money they don't really understand the value of money a lot of times how important it is and how hard it is to attain it and, and to use it wisely oh help me Holy Ghost hallelujah if you always had all the time you wanted to, and you didn't have to worry about time and you're never going to grow one second older you wouldn't worry about time you didn't bother you one bit of you was early or late it wouldn't bother you amen what you've done today or tomorrow because time didn't mean anything hallelujah but whenever you know that you only got a, a lot of time to do something it changes the urgency of the hour it changes the pace hallelujah of getting something done hallelujah oh but I'm starting to die tonight amen a time he's not bound by time but you and I are we got a certain time to do about God's kingdom about God's business and get ready amen a bride that's made herself ready one thing about the ten uh, virgins, amen, they all knew that the groom was coming. They didn't know exactly what time. They all slumbered and they all slept until the voice was cried, amen, a voice cried out and get ready. And so, you know, there's no doubt we need to be getting ready. We need to be getting ready, amen, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. We need to do everything that's in our powers to help others and persuade others. Hallelujah. This needs to be the most important thing in your life. Getting ready to meet Jesus. So as we watch this, and, and uh, I probably won't follow so much the scriptures here or, or the lesson. You can read through it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to maybe touch back to some of it and hit on some of it. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I want to use some scriptures. I want to use the word of God. And, and, and I know already I probably got way more. Amen. Than what I should. To... Uh, Tried to cover all this the way I feel, the way I'd like to. Uh, but, but with the help of the Lord, the help of the Holy Ghost here. Uh, I've noticed, I've made it a practice. I mean, for instance, the word promise. So I, I tapped it in. And so this word, amen, is brought up some 53 times in your King James Version. The majority of them are in the New Testament. It's not but just a small handful of them. It's in the Old Testament. And I found it kind of... Uh, Maybe not odd, but a little strange the first time that it's brought up in the scriptures. Amen. And it's actually in Numbers, the 14th chapter. And as you look at this uh, chapter, and you look at what's unfolding here and what has transpired, it's, it's actually after the spies and after uh, Moses and Aaron and the reporters came back on the... Uh, uh, the Israelites people considered an evil report. Amen. Just simply because they didn't believe they could take the promised land. They didn't believe that they could overcome the giants. So 10 out of the 12, amen, chose to, uh, to rebel. And they chose to, not to believe in what God had promised them of the promised land. How many of, you, how many of us this morning really believe that there's going to be a heaven? That there's going to be an eternal life. That, that we really believe that as I preach Sunday night, amen, that the words of Jesus Christ when he says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. If I've gone to prepare a place that I'm going to return. We believe that, don't there, There's no waver in our spirits this morning or in our hearts. And so we have to work on keeping that focus. And I'm telling you, there's a many things in the world that we're living in the times that we're living today that's trying its best to distract us and trying its best to rob us and keep us, amen, from keeping that focus. 
But I'm back here this morning to help you and to help all of us to keep it, amen, that focus, amen, regardless of what we enjoy and what we got, regardless of what we attain in this life and become a part of upon this earth. Nothing is more important than being able to hear in that moment be called up, amen, amen, in the rapture, to be called up to meet the Lord in the cloud on that particular moment in that day. Hallelujah. And so the only way, when that's a promise. That's a promise from Jesus Christ. He says, I'm coming back. Hallelujah. And I'm coming back after a people that's made herself ready. Hey, I want to make myself ready. I heard Brother Morgan, my wife, gave me a little clip of Brother Morgan, amen, preaching. And he's talking about when God puts his foot down. And I've been praying it, to, amen, even the last few days. God, I want you to be able to put your foot down in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm starting with me personally. Amen. My own personal life, amen, that God would be able to put his foot down. Hallelujah. That means he's going to be the Lord. That means he's going to be the Savior. That means he's going to be the ruler of my life. Hallelujah. Every decision, every direction I go into, whatever I get involved in, hallelujah, I want to have church on a Monday just like I would a Sunday. I want to have a walk and a fellowship with God, amen, on a Monday and a Tuesday just like I would on a Wednesday night. I don't want him to be just an occasional God in my life. Hallelujah. But I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to put his foot down. Amen. And, 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 and I will let him put his foot down because before I can ever walk in the love and the authority and the power of Jesus Christ and, to, and overcome the demonic forces in the spiritual realm, I first got to let God put his foot down in my life. So that's my heartbeat this morning as we watch this lesson as it unfolds. And as we watch this in the, the 14th chapter, uh, the scripture simply goes like this in Numbers 14 and 34. After the numbering of the days in which he served, I mean, searched the land, every 40 days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities even 40 years. And he shall know my breach, amen, of the promise. And simply what God's telling them, this is a place, amen, amen, of breaking the promise. He had promised them that promised land. He didn't promise them that promised land according to their size. He didn't promise them that promised land according to their ability to fight. He didn't promise them that promised land by their powers or by their might. He promised them that promised land if they would just simply believe and trust in Him. The promised land is theirs. It didn't matter that the promised land housed giants. It didn't matter that the, the promised land had forts and cities in it. That the walls were so tall. Hey man, it looked like there's no way they could be penetrated and overcome. None of that didn't matter. If you and I would really be honest with ourselves this morning and we look at the odds of us making it against the spirit of iniquity and against the spirit of a Lucifer and against all of his snares and traps and ability to beguile us. I told somebody just this last day or two talking about different things. I said, well, hallelujah, serpent made his way in the garden and I'm here to tell you we're no match for the devil. But with the Holy Ghost and with the help of Jesus Christ and with true humbleness and meekness in our lives, I'm telling you the devil don't have a chance against us. When we plead the blood and surrender and give ourselves into the word of God and put our faith in God that he'll never forsake us that he'll never leave us hallelujah I believe in his promise hallelujah if I'll just humble myself and make true confession of my sin and fall on that rock and become broken on a regular basis hallelujah I can make this journey it doesn't matter what comes it don't matter what goes it don't matter who backslides it don't matter who stays with it it don't matter how much money I got it don't matter what kind of positions I find my health in I'm telling you amen this is a done deal amen through Jesus Christ he doesn't bought it. By his grace, we can attain it. But I got to be sold out to it.
Amen. So if we're sold out to it, that we, we, this is what Abraham had to do. And Abram at the beginning. And we know that he was called out of the Ur of the Chaldeans. <laughs> A place that was full of idolatry. Idol worshiping. When you go to the scriptures in Genesis 11, you're going to read in the last couple of verses of that particular chapter. And it simply says this, that Terah took Abram his son and Lot his, the, the son of Abram, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, and his sons, Abram's wife, and they went forth from, with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah was 205 days, and Terah died. So I heard Brother Bishop Odom, so if you're offended by this, I don't think you will be, but I heard Brother Odom one time in one of his lessons. He was, he was giving church been years ago, and he made the statement. He says, hey, the old man's got to die. The old man. That's a true statement for each one of us in this house this morning. The old man. He's got to die. Paul went as far as to tell us, and I know you hear this all the time, but I'm going to tell you something. I found out it's not as easy to keep this old man as dead as you think it is. Keep him under subjection. and Keep him in the right place. Amen. Keep him where he needs to be. And learn how to respond, how to deal with things. And, and so we, we understand that. So this is a moment time. If you go back and read, especially the previous chapter, the 13th chapter, and what unfolded and what took place. How that they responded. Amen. And, and they didn't really believe what? They didn't believe in the promise of God that he would give them that promised land. Hmm. If we're not careful, there's too many with the attitude and the spirit of king. Amen. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe Esau. Maybe Saul, but there's one character after the next in the Bible. They just simply, number one, they didn't love God and the things of God. Number two, they didn't have the faith. They didn't have the faith to let God do his part. And for you and I to be patient enough and long-suffering enough that God was going to work it out. Amen. And his timing was going to be right. And so we see here that God, God, God had broke that promise, amen. They forced him. They put him into that place. You can go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and I'm, I'm going to do some bouncing around. And, and I got some of the scriptures and some of them I don't, amen. So we're just going to do our best that we can here this morning. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures I want to bring out, a lot of things. that, But right off the start here, I want us to understand something, amen, about what the Hebrews are writing here. Because you know what? We don't want to make the same mistake of the Israelites, Amen. It was evil hearts of unbelief is the reason they did not attain the promised land. Even though God had promised it to them. Even though God had miraculously delivered them out of Egypt. Has God ever delivered you from anything? So you could take that as a testimony of the power of God. Because when you really say that God delivered me for something, that means I didn't have the power within myself to deliver myself. It took God to deliver me. You take people that deals with addicts, amen, amen, and, and things of that nature, hallelujah, I'm telling you, it takes God sometimes and only God that can really deliver them. They make it conform it and they make it get it under control to a certain area. But to really say that I've been 
set free of it. Hallelujah. That's the same way with sin. Hallelujah. The only way that you and I can get out of the influence and the power of sin. Hallelujah. Is through being truly delivered. Being born again of the water and the spirit. That's the only way. Hallelujah. That you and I can keep becoming a servant of sin. And it, for it not to rule or reign over our lives. It's through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. For the nine fruits of the Holy Ghost that you and I can bear. And if you'll do a close study and a, an examination of those. You'll find out they're not an easy fruit to bear. In fact, I believe they're impossible without the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that you and I can accomplish and achieve those fruits and live in them day in and day out and bear them fruits in all the seasons of our lives without walking in the Holy Ghost and walking in the Spirit on a regular and a daily basis. But in Hebrews 4 and 1, we're going to see something brought out. It's brought to our attentions, brought to our attention here today. He says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, that any of you should seem to come short of it. I don't want to come short of that promise. You know what that promise is? Now the rest he's talking about here, amen, is actually the spirit of the kingdom. And so we get the earnest of that. We get the down payment of it. It's called the baptism of of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the rest. That's the Sabbath. That's what he's talking about. You go on. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You got to believe this. Man, when you hear the gospel, what is the gospel? Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The Jews have done it. The Samaritans have done it. The Gentiles have done it. And that covers everybody on the face of the earth. I know this sounds old hat to you, but I'm telling you, if you and I have not really been baptized in the Holy Ghost and walking therein, we're lost and undone today. We're lost and undone. Because it's the only rest, amen, that's going to get us to that point, to that place. Hallelujah. The full rest and complete rest of eternal life. Where there will be a place that we won't never have to worry about an enemy. We won't have to ever worry about a battle. Amen. Praise God. And so as, as we watch this with, with Abraham, and you can go back and you can look into the scriptures. You're going to find again, and, and, and I found it kind of an odd God thing. Our, our lesson writer brings this out to us. Amen. But he also brings it out of Numbers also, Numbers 23 and 19. If you go back and read, this is an episode against Balaam. Amen. And Balaam and Balak. Amen. Is he calling on Balaam to curse God's people? And ba Balaam had already told Balak or his, his servants that came to him, amen, that he, God told him not to go to start with. You know the story. But amen, whenever Balaam, you know, worked it out, finally went. But when he got there, he told Balak, he said, hey, I can only say what God tells me to say. I heard an old minister saying, this has been years ago. He said, you know what? He said, it'd do some of us good if we can get answers from God as fast as Balaam could get answers. Amen. And he wasn't even a true worshiper of God. But amen, God could answer him and respond to him. Amen. It's amazing to me sometimes. And so even here as you watch this, amen, unfold in this particular verse that the writer brings out to our hearing this morning. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. For hath he said, and shall he not do it? 
or hath he spoken and shall it not be made good I'm going to tell you something you don't have to worry about the word of God you don't have to worry about the promises that's written on the tables a man called the word of God you can plant your life you can put everything you want to in this book right here I'm telling you everything that's written in this book is going to come to pass every promise amen Jesus Christ this is what the Bible said in the New Testament Jesus Christ all the promises are yea and amen that means a done deal and no other but Jesus Christ so that's one reason I'm telling you apostolic people ought not have the nerve problems that some of them have I refuse to live in the life on the edge I refuse to get blowed up about every little thing that goes on that's the spirit of the world we're living in wow you don't believe that just look around watch Who ever heard of road rage 40 years ago? Hmm. We got it today, don't we? We got folks now right here in the good old United States. You can have on the wrong color of a cap or wrong color of a shirt and go down the wrong street and it could cost you your life. I refuse to be a part of that spirit. I refuse to live day and out. Oh, my nerves. Not sure if I'm going to make it today. I'm going to make it every single day that God's got allotted for me. The devil can like it or not. That's the way I feel about this. God can make the best of anything if we'll just let him. Have faith in him. So if they would have just, you know, sold out to him, believed God, he'd have gave them that promised land regardless of the size of the giants. Have you ever thought about, let's, let's flip that. I wonder what would happen if they'd have backed up and said, you know what? You know why there's giants in that place? Because it took giants to build vine- uh, uh, homes for us. It took giants to plant vineyards for us. It took giants, amen, to take care of our place, amen, until God got ready for us. We, we, we weren't big enough. It took giants, amen. Hallelujah. They didn't plow, amen, with just a little plow. They had big plows. They wasn't planting just a two-acre a garden, man. They planting a 20-acre garden. They wasn't building just a one-story house, amen, with a little little 32-inch door in it. No, they was building a house with a five, six-foot door in it. Ah, come on now. Hey, I'm talking to you today. Hallelujah. Same way in the New Testament, in the spiritual realms. God's got a place waiting on us. And I'm telling you, hallelujah, I know in this area, amen, it's narrow and I know in this place it's straight but when we get up there we sing a song the gates are going to open up wide hallelujah we won't have no problem entering in up there in fact God ain't going to have no problem at all resurrecting the church in a moment in a twinkling of an eye he's going to snatch them out of the grave he's going to snatch them up off of this earth and in a moment honey we're going to be in the cloud from one step to the next we're going to be meeting him in the clouds that's faith it's faith. That's believing. That God's going to do it. That God's going to open up the way. So, so what does it take to attain this? What does it take? There's got to be some willingness on our part, just like it was Abram. When God began to deal with Abram in Genesis 12 chapter, it simply goes this way. And the Lord said unto Abram. He said, he heard a voice. He didn't get, he didn't get a visitation like Moses, a burning bush. Best we could tell by the scriptures, it's just a voice. 
Scripture don't tell us if it rained out of the heavens or if it just quickened. Or God ever just quickened your spirit, quickened your conscience, your mind, and you knew, you knew that was God. We all been there. Believe it or not, sometimes, amen, that voice, it's going to happen if we believe it or not. It's going to happen. When God speaks it. Because you know what? Because God, you know what a lot of time He's doing? He's preparing us. He's getting us ready for the moment. It's a lot easier to deal with a storm if you've got about three or four days to prepare for it, isn't it? Amen. We talk about the weather people, but we're sure glad they're out there whenever they start talking about them hurricanes. <laughs> Praise God. We, we like to at least, amen, board up a few windows and stack up a little food. and Hallelujah. <laughs> Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And, but we would have no idea to make any preparations. I, I don't think any of us is skillful enough to get up in the morning time and open up the windows and walk out the doors and say, well... I think there's going to be a hurricane in about three days. I better start getting ready. Hey, I've seen the weather up to within hours of a hurricane. It would surprise you. I've heard people even make the statements. I thought they said a hurricane was coming. Man, it's so peaceful. Like you just hang on, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's coming. Hallelujah. That's just like the rapture. That's just like other things. And that's what it's got to take. Sometimes we don't live by sight and we don't live by our feelings. It may not look like a miracle is going to happen. We drug in and we've done good just getting here. <laughs> But because I showed up at the right place and because I've been faithful to the right house, because I was willing to separate myself, hallelujah, guess what? Hallelujah, a miracle can happen just like that. A miracle can take place just like that. A transformation to take place. A turning around in one service. That's what faith would do. And so as you watch Abram here, as the Lord spoke to him as a voice, he said, get thee out of thy country. <laughs> Praise God. God's always been in the business of separating his people. Calling them out. You're thankful you've been called out of the world? John said, love not the world, neither the things of the world. I'm glad we've been called out of the world. The world looks at us and thinks we're in bondage, but they don't have a clue. Because the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We're the most liberated, delivered people on the face of the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're not depending on the government. We're depending on none other but Jesus Christ to supply our every need. Amen. They may be famine across our lands. All the Walmarts and Burger Kings and McDonald's may, may have to close up. But you know what? Somebody's got faith in God. Hallelujah. God can make a way where there seemeth to be no way. Hallelujah. He can use people to bless you. Hallelujah. He can, he can open up windows and doors. Hallelujah. That, that you don't have a clue that's going to happen. Hallelujah. This is a God that we're serving. So right here, he's talking to Abram. He said, you've got to come out of that country. You've got to come out of the Ur of those Chaldeans. You've got to come out of that idolatry. He said, I've got a promised land. I've got a Canaan land for you. And so he goes on, he speaks to him, amen, in Genesis 12 and 1. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He didn't show him in advance. He didn't show him anything of that nature. He said, I will show thee. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you know what? Abram was willing to forsake everything. He was willing, amen, to forsake all the land that he was engaged to or entitled to, amen, when his, his earthly father died. And from all accounts, amen, his earthly father had died, but he 
was willing to forsake all of that. Hallelujah. I'm willing to put all of that behind me. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of house he's got. I don't know what kind of place he's got. But you know what? I'm looking for a city. Hallelujah. I'm looking for a place. And so this begins in Genesis, the 12th chapter with Abraham, the call, the father of faith, if you please. Amen. So he moves us on him. He said, I will make of thee a, a great nation. He starts promising him things. Amen. And only God can do this because think about it. How many of you ever thought about a great nation being made out of you? Now remember, Abram's 75 years old now. He has no seed. He has no children. None. Zip. All accounts, Sarah's womb is barren. and She ain't been able to birth child. And so the promises that are being made to Tim will make a nation out of you. A great nation too. Not just a nation, but a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Watch, watch the responsibility now that's going to fall on this man that's going to walk by faith. It's going to walk by the voice of God. If you read your lesson, the guy, he talks about how he, he got home and began to pack up the stuff instead of tending the tent and all this other stuff. And amen, Sarah comes in. And he said, boy, what a conversation. And that's probably true. I don't know. Amen. But on the other hand, I see in the New Testament where she humbled herself and called Abram Lord. And actually gave us an example to our ladies today. Amen. It's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, you know, it's something about submission. It's something about yielding. So apparently Sarah had enough confidence in what Abram was saying because from all I can account, amen, out of the scriptures, God never spoke to, spoke to Sarah. Now that's going to go over good, doesn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's still the truth. Amen. So she had to trust Abram. To trust his decision as they begin to pack up and begin to load up and get to make their way, amen, from that place. And, and so sure enough, and I know the writer, he talks about Lot and, and talking about taking Lot and whether or not if he should have. But uh, I'm not 100% sold out to the idea of the, the writer of the lesson there, okay? You can if you want to. That's your business. But uh, if you ever dealt with family... If you ever have a real love for family and care for family, you're not, you're not just going to walk away from leave them. Amen. Not when you can help them. Not when you can bless them. Hallelujah. Now, if God tells you to, you got to. Now, I don't know if God was telling him, and that's kind of how he wrote it here, and maybe that's the truth. Maybe he should have left Slot. Maybe he shouldn't even have brought Lot. Should have left him right where he's at. But it was his daddy, if you go back in the 11th chapter, that picked him up to start with and brought him that far. And it was Lot, a man that desired to go with Abram. And you know what? If I was Lot, I'd have a desire to go with Abram too. Because there was a good, good possibility he already recognized that a call and a favor upon on, on Abram, hallelujah, that, that he should have followed. It's just too bad. He See, here's the difference between Lot and Abram. Abram. Abram always, regardless of where he wound it up, it didn't matter how what valley he was in, it didn't matter what geographical location he was at, he was always willing to build an altar unto the Almighty God. Amen. It's something about altar building. Because whenever you're willing to take out and build altars and call on God, and watch this, I take you back to the one of the very first characters we talked about, and that was Balaam. Balaam made Balak, amen, build altars, extravagant altars, amen, and stand beside them altars and offer sacrifices. Even Balaam knew there was a God, hallelujah, and a God that can curse, God, Balaam didn't have any, I mean, uh, Balak didn't have any of his gods, couldn't get any of his wise men, couldn't get any of his religious leaders or spiritual leaders, amen, to curse these people, hallelujah, but he knew, Balaam knew there was a God in the heavens and if there's ever going to be a curse upon these people it's got to come from the God of heaven oh, praise God, and if God's for you, who can be against you if you're walking with God then what can overcome you, hallelujah when you're my people, and I've called you out 
out and you're walking in faith, don't worry about it. Just wade on through the water. Don't worry about it. Just wade on through the fire. I will see you through. This God hadn't changed his mind about that. This blood-bought church, this Holy Ghost-filled church, this Jesus-name church, this called-out church, many are called. I'm glad I'm on the calling this morning. <laughs> Praise God. You could tell the, the history of this, the results of this went many, many times. And I, Lord knows I don't have the time this morning to start trying to but I want to bring just a couple up just to give you a little idea, amen, of what happened and what took place. Uh, you, can, you can look, Nehemiah, the ninth chapter there. This is a time after Babylon now. This is how many hundreds of years later. After coming out of Babylon with uh, Ezra, amen, and Nehemiah. But you're going to notice in Nehemiah 9 as they begin to practice the get back into secret with God and, and separation. They had actually done separated themselves from the, the wives that they had married in Babylon. They'd done begin some process. They was actually making a practice, amen, to go out to a certain gate and the Bible would be read a quarter of a day. And then they would spend a quarter of a day of confessing and repenting of sins. And as this process unrolled and took place, you can go into the ninth chapter of Nehemiah. And thus... Thou art, and it's he, he relates, Nehemiah relates unto the Lord himself and talks about who he was. But he brings back as he talks about the history and what was taking place and unfolding. He says, Thou art the Lord thy God, who didst choose Abram, a man, and broughtest him forth out of the earth of the Chaldeans and gave him the name of Abraham, and foundest his heart faithful before thee, and made us a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Persites, the Jebusites, the Gerbesites to give it, I say, he to his seed, and has performed thy works, for thou art righteous. So this helps us, it's even though I had went hundreds of years after all of this unfolding, we see how God fulfilled the promises to Abram. Promises of the land. Amen. Because we know how Lot chose those watered plains and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Amen. And I'll tell you something we need to learn. The way you pitch your tent. I know the scriptures have taught us <laughs> Amen. That the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that, that the church can be built, amen, in a city. Amen. In, in, in certain cities. And some of the most wicked cities. But here's the key, I believe, to that. You better make sure you were sent by God. You weren't sent by somebody. You weren't sent by just an organization. And I'm not preaching against organizations, but I believe organizations sometimes has got their picks. And they got key cities. They want to put key churches because of the multitudes are there and the riches are there. I ain't been. I'm just telling you like it is sometimes. Amen. It's, that's the reason sometimes it becomes a flop. But if God sends them, I don't care how wicked the city is, how ungodly it is, God can build a church there. But here at Lot, amen, because he did not practice what Abram practiced, and he was not sent. He made the choosing what Lot should have done, amen, amen, and that, those decision-making, when Abram gave him the, the opportunity to make a decision, he said, oh, no, Abram, I'm the one following you choose. You tell me because the herdsman. Now, that's some good points the writer brings out about the lesson. He says, because now Abram's having fights and battles that possibly if he'd have left Lot at the house, he wouldn't have to be fighting. Okay, <laughs> so you know, so the next time a man, that boy or that girl, 
or that grandchild. Oh, we just put a new spin on it, didn't we? It's a new spin now. It's all right when it's Abram and Lot, his nephew. But what if it's your favorite nephew? What if it's your favorite niece? What if it's your little darling? Change is a ball game. Well, mine wouldn't. Well, you think what you want to think. <laughs> you believe what you want to believe. We all know better. Praise God. So, so we, we have to take all of this in, in consideration. I do believe that God can save us some matters. I do believe there's some things God promises. He wouldn't put nothing more on us than what we could bear. Am I right? So if we're not able to bear it, who put it on us? Either we let the devil come in at the night time. And we got out under the protection of the shepherd. And waited out among the lions and bears. And got out from under the protection of the shepherd. You can't save yourself outside the church. I'm going to tell you right now. The idea that some people say, I've heard them tell me is, I don't need a preacher. I don't have to go to church. Well, you're not going to be saved, sir. You're not going to be saved, ma'am. I'm telling you right now, according to that book, you're not going to be saved. Nobody can save themselves. Everybody's got to have a place. Everybody's got to have a congregation. Everybody's got to have a, a pastor. Everybody's got to come on a, a five-fold ministry. Or we won't make it. And to be faithful, amen, unto that place. Be committed and sold out to it. And, and so I could go to Isaiah 41. And again, he talks about this, but time won't allow me. Let me just kind of slip on by that one. Uh, we, can, we could go to Joshua, but let, let me go. Let's go to Stephen's. Stephen, the first martyr of the church, and, and what he brings back is he's preaching, amen, to the Jews. He's preaching, amen, to those that's uh, uh, judging him and wanting to condemn him and, and wars against Jesus Christ. But listen to a portion, and I'm just going to get a very few, a few verses, amen, of Stephen's message. Here's some 50-some verses, but, but watch this in Acts 7. And he said, men, brethren, fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared, amen, to our father Abraham when he was in Macedonia before he dwelt in Karen and said unto him get thee out of thy country amen and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee amen then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and, and when his father was dead he removed him into this land wherein he now dwell now watch this last verse right here and he gave him none inheritance in it no not so much as to set his foot on Father of faith did not actually put his foot on. He did not get to enjoy. I'm going somewhere with that one. You watch this. You know, God's kingdom and God's purpose and God's desires, even for location sometime, can be a seed that's planted by some elders. They might not ever see it happen. But because they was willing to hear the voice and speak what the voice said, the seed was planted. And it may be a hundred years down the road, but God can bring it to happen. And so even here, when Abraham did not get to maybe experience and be involved because you know Moses. Exodus is after Genesis. <laughs> Moses is the one that calls them. Now he told them, he said, they're going into bondage 400 years. 
You let them know. Abel actually got to see our day through Jesus Christ. The sacrifice. You go back to Genesis 15 chapter in the episode that took place in the offerings of the covenant that was made, the Abraham covenant. And we know there's still a battle and a squabble over that land up there today. But God gave it to him. And all this goes right back to Abraham. But watch this. It comes through this one seed called Isaac, this promised child. And so as we watch this unfold and the power of it, amen, he said to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. He had no child at this point in this time. You know how the story unfolds, and I'm not going to go through all of it. Time just simply won't allow us this morning. Because there's, there's some places I'd love to go and some scriptures I'd love to deal with. In the next few minutes. And I know time's probably not going to allow me to cover all of it. I'd really love to talk about Solomon. The dedication that Solomon talks about and the part of that prayer. And I'd love to go, but I'll tell you what I'd like to do. When you turn over in the New Testament... And you begin to go to Romans, the fourth chapter is part of our scripture lesson. And if you'll read chapter 1, and those that fail to acknowledge God and recognize Him as God, and what God allowed to take place what, to fulfill their own lust, the direction they turn. And then the second chapter, man, he begins to talk about God's righteousness of judgment. And he begins to talk about the need that even Gentiles got to have God, the gospel, and they receive the gospel and the truth. And... And uh, he begins to caution us and to help us not to be a hypocrite because the Jews, amen, because they were the seed physically of Abraham. Amen. Thought they had it made. They thought to, because the law, and, and rightly so, Paul talks about how, how if you, when we get to, uh, uh, to Romans, amen. Okay, I'll just go there. What advantage then have the Jews? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Listen to what he's saying here. He's talking to the Jews because obeying the law, keeping the law. And so the, the, the greatest struggle of Paul's day and time was trying to persuade the Jews and persuade those that was giving themselves to the law that what Jesus Christ had came and fulfilled and they no longer had to practice. It was fulfilled. And, but these that kept the law, but yet those that kept it was actually, for the most part, was a hypocrites. They, they, they didn't obey it. They didn't keep this. And, and this is where it brings us even to this part of the scripture and the lesson as he talks about obedience and complete obedience. When God speaks into our lives, when God gives us a revelation and an insight of the gospel, and it's important, especially people that have not been raised in a one God apostolic church, and they don't really know what the gospel and what the plan of salvation really is. Amen. I can't tell you how many people I taught that lesson to them, and as they watch them, those charts and those scriptures come alive. They said, we've never heard this. We've never been. I was raised in a certain church for 20 years or 25 years. They'd never become. And I just simply had to tell them that's because they'd never experienced it. That's because their eyes has never been open to 
it. They don't know nothing about it. They preach around it. They get around. They do everything they can. Amen. Because they don't know anything about it. But it's obvious. Once the revelation comes. Once the light's on. Amen. Of this gospel and truth. Amen. The plan of salvation. Amen. The foundation of it. Man, when it, when it, that, that illuminating light and that revelation gets a hold of you, you know there's no other plan. There's no other, It makes all the sense in the world. Amen. It's backed up with the scriptures. And it's backed up with the presence of God. And the power of God. And so when you watch some of this, and I'd love to be able to just go through these verses, but time won't let me. Amen. To deal with that. He's talking about that because he deals with them in that second chapter. Talking about who they were and, and how they was acting hypocrite toward the law. And they would judge others and condemn them. But yet he brought it to their attention. If you break the law. Amen. If you go into your relations, if you break the law, if you if you slipped away from, and it's talked about, and he mentioned circumcision. We know the circumcision. The cutting away of the flesh. And it was a there was a covenant that was given to Abraham through Isaac. Amen. But that circumcision led over to you, Testament, to what? Baptism. Water baptism. The circumcision of the heart, the fleshly heart now. Amen. That's the only way to get sins washed away. It's the only way to get the cutting away. Amen. To take place. And so Paul's doing his best with his Romans and his writing here as he's dealing with them and trying to get them to come to this revelation and come to this understanding of what's going to unfold and what's really going to take place. And, and so then he brings us, amen, to the fourth chapter. And this is part of the lesson text that he's talking about being justified or justification through faith. Faith, faith. I'll tell you something, ladies, this morning. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But by faith, even though it's the size of a grain of a mustard seed, it, 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 it'll sustain you. It'll bring you out. It'll hold you. It'll keep you. And so when you look at it in this fourth chapter, what shall we then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. Because they was claiming rights simply by flesh. They, never, they didn't accept Jesus Christ. They didn't accept the Messiah. They didn't accept the gospel. They weren't accepting Paul and Peter. They was running them out of the synagogues. Amen. They was doing everything they possibly could. Amen. To, to put this out. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath were of to glory, but not before God. Why? Because the scriptures taught us that God shares his glory with no flesh. That's not where the glory is at. It's again, now watch this, and let's don't get let's don't become confused here. Some people would consider us Sadducees, Pharisees, because of the way we dress. Just rules and regulations. Y'all, y'all bunch of y'all bunch of Pharisees. But they don't have a revelation of being called out. They don't have a revelation of true holiness and separation. But there is a reason and a purpose of all of this as it unfolds. Because true faith, because you begin to take on works and take on, can I put it this way, actions. How do we know that Noah had faith? How do we know that the father of faith had had faith? How do we know that? He forsaken. He left. He followed the orders of the voice. And even though he never put foot on that land, or though he never attained the city yet, a city that was built by God, he's going to. He's going to. And so, for what saith the scriptures, Abraham believed God, and he was counted unto him for righteousness. 
Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now, now watch him. If it's just keeping the law, if you just all you're doing is keeping the law, then that's that's not grace. That's that's the wages are the is is by work by debt. But because it's a debt, there you you go oh, you go to a shipyard, you expect a paycheck. If you go to work at Walmart, you expect a paycheck. If you go to work at hardware stores, you, get a, you expect a paycheck, right? You've made some kind of agreement for your, for your labor. Amen. You're going to get such a sum of money. Amen. And so he's talking about the work. So there's a difference in the types of works. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be any works. And, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm waiting out some stuff, and I just don't have the time to cover all of it. But as you watch all of this unfold, even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. What's he talking about? Gentiles. Gentiles that as far as they concerned had no rights. The apostle makes this unto us. We was without hope. We was without promise. Amen. We wouldn't get wasn't a part of the covenant. It was gave the seed came through Israel. It came through the, the Jews. Amen. And, and all the other people. But now, even though God was still working globally, because now God had chosen Abram and called Abram the Hebrew out. And, and, and out of he's going to make what? Jacob. And out of Jacob is going to come this nation, Israel. And now this nation is going to represent God and be a testimony to the rest of the world that there is a God. And that's the reason they're sent in the highways and the byways and taking the promised land and they weren't supposed to bow down to any other gods and they weren't supposed to take on their way of worshiping and the way of living amen because we're going to represent the Jehovah God now time don't, man if I could just add time and all of that it unfolded what it was all talking about and so now when you get the New Testament and it's all wrapped up in that one lamb and that one man called Jesus Christ that all the sins as they practice it every, every lamb they sacrifice every bull they sacrifice every pigeon and the gallons and gallons go back to Solomon when they offered the temple hey man they, they done it for seven days and they had to bring in other altars and just gallons upon gallons of blood but all of it pointed and rolled sins for, to what? to one man called Jesus Christ that you and I now by faith, genuine faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That he can cleanse us. That he can purge us. That he can keep us. Hallelujah. We may be in trouble hours a day. And I know COVID showing back up. And we got some of our own. It's got it. But I'm here to tell you it's not going to win the battle. I told Sister Linda Whitaker this morning. I said COVID's not going to take Montana. I said if God is not intent, I'm telling you. I don't care what medications they got. And I know she's a prime candidate. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you when God steps in. God can move upon them lungs and cause her to breathe. God can do things that we can't do. Hallelujah. With and by his right. God's got it all about that. I don't know Montana's mind. I don't know her heart, but God does. But she's got any intent of all of doing what's right. I'll tell you, God can step in there and raise her up. So it it brings us right back to that place of believing and trusting and relying upon God and for God to touch us and for God to help us. Now I will tell you something. I really felt that God wanted me to I know it's 11.30 if you just give me a few minutes here. I could take you back to Matthew, the 8th chapter. Mark, the 4th chapter. And it's dealing with the time, and I mentioned this the other night. It was a time of the storm that Jesus was in. The hinder part of the ship. The Bible said it was on the pillar of sleep. The disciples were no doubt probably doing everything within their own physical ability to deal with the storm. Now, we know it wasn't a light storm. It, it was one place, one writer said it was a great storm. Amen. Another one said it was a great tempest. So we understand it was a severe storm. 
And, and one writer talks about how that the ship was being filled up. Now, Jesus in the hinder part, asleep on a pillar. I don't think the real problem with, with the disciples was coming to Jesus. He wants us to come. He wants us to ask. He wants us to have enough faith to ask Him. But I believe what drove them to Jesus is the problem. You can't let anxiety drive you to Jesus. You can't let, because you didn't get it your way, drive you to Jesus. You know, you know why I believe he responded to them? What did he ask them? He said, why are you afraid? This is what brought you to wake me up. It wasn't faith. Fear prompt them to go wake up Jesus. Not faith. I just wonder how many times the reason we don't get our prayers answered because fear is what calls us to cry out, not faith. Now God answered their prayers. And He responded. And He called for peace. But if you really look at it, why is that so important? Watch this. Let's go back to Romans. Uh, well, let, let me stay with James. Let me stay with James for just a second. <laughs> James taught us in James 1 and 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You've got to get your mind made up. I'm going to make the journey with the grace of God. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to waver. Every time that old spirit, that old voice tries to rise up in me, I'm going to rebuke it immediately in the name of Jesus. Devil, let's get something, let's get a good understanding again. Apparently, you forgot, devil, I'm not backsliding. Huh. Next time that old anxiety spirit wants to rise up, why don't you, why don't you just, anxiety, I done told you one time, apparently you forgot, but I'm going to remind you, the battles, the battle. And the power's here, though. <laughs> what we speak, how we respond, how we respond to our storms, amen, will determine the outcome of our God. You cannot be double-minded about it. You've got to have your mind made up. And that's what he helps us understand. Let the brother, let me, let me go on. Another place in James' writings Amen. Four and eight. I'm going to bring that scripture out to us. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Hear him, hear him. If I'm double-minded, I can't have a pure heart. I want you to ponder this a little bit. How can I really come with genuine faith and be double-minded and not have a pure heart? The Bible says a pure in heart is going to see. See, God knows. God knows the intent of the very heart. God knows everything. He knows. 
So when you go back to Romans, the fourth chapter. I won't, I'm not going through all of it, just the latter part. And you can stand. I'm going to read a few verses if you don't mind. I won't keep you standing, but just... Romans 4, let's go back. Now, the lesson text went to 1 to 12. But I want you to listen to a few more verses. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where the law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise, might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now watch this. God promised Abraham what? Seed as what? Sand. And as the stars in the heaven. As the Gentiles. As the church. That's a number Amen. A seed, Isaac. Now watch this. Abraham took that seed that the promise was coming through and was willing to go up the side of a mountain and offer him. But faith, even he, he understood that if I offer him, let me, um, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they are. Who against hope believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. He considered not. Say something. When you walk by faith. There's some things you just won't consider. heart's not listening. The mind's not listening. I've done heard a different voice. And I got an, I'm not confused of what I heard. Whew. I'm telling you, the enemy's going to do everything he can to rob and steal and take. And he wants to rob you of your dreams. He wants to rob you of your promises. He wants to try to persuade you in a different way, into a different direction. Well, it wasn't. No, no. Every promise is yea and amen. And every promise that God, Abraham is a prime example. Every promise that God has given to man, he's going to fulfill it. He's not going to owe anybody. So as he finished up, watch this. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Staggered simply means to stumble.
but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully, fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And this was counted unto him for righteousness. This is the true faith. Faith in him. That's the reason we take on his righteousness. It's not ours. It's not that I'm so good. It's just that he's so awesome. It's his hand that's working. It's his voice that I'm listening to. It's his spirit that I'm walking in. It's not by my power of might, but it's by his spirit. It's not that we're getting everything so perfect. It's just that we believe in him. That he's going to get us out of here. We're just believing him that he's going to give us revival. We're just believing that he's going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He's the way maker. He's the way maker. Why don't you help me pray this morning? Why don't we pray, God, help us. I want the faith that you want me to have. I want the ear to hear your voice, your instructions. And on top of all of that, God, help me to obey. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's not he that hears it, but he that does it. It's a doer, not a hearer, but a doer. And when you hear the voice, amen, faith, amen, causes you to take on action and to respond. Let's take on the action. That God wants us to. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Pray the prayer. Pray the prayer. Don't just wish it to happen. No, you got to open up your voice and ask. You got to open up your voice and intercede. You got to bombard heaven. God can make a difference in my children. God can make a difference in my grandchildren. God can make a difference in my circumstance. God can make a difference. And I'm going to pray until I see it happen because God's promised me that He can do it. God, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. For your grace, for your kindness, for your mercy. Another opportunity to be in the house of God. Give you glory and praise and honor in every soul that's walked in this place this morning. The hand of the Lord, the touch of God, the power of your word, the power of your promises. Faith would move among us like never before. I'm thankful to be among people with faith. But God, I'm praying for even greater faith in 22. The faith, hallelujah, that brings a revival. The faith that brings the powers of your promise in our loved ones and friends and neighbors and our brothers and sisters. Hallelujah, in this place this morning. Those that are not able to be here, God, that's warring against sickness and battling against spiritual demonical forces and powers of evil. But faith in this house, God, remove your mighty hand of deliverance, your mighty hand of the voice of direction and hope as we humble ourselves and yield ourselves unto you, God. We pray, God, we refuse to be double-minded, but our minds are made up and we're persuaded this morning that you're going to see us through and we're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor for all of it. In that precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Brother Ford will be preaching for us tonight. Let's come back expecting a great move of the Holy Ghost. Pray throughout this afternoon. Amen. Come early. Come 530. Come on. Come on. Make it part of your business. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here to pray. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to bring my part of the wood. I'm going to help build the fire. I'm going to help create the atmosphere. Amen. For the move of God. I didn't come to be a leech. I didn't come. Amen. Just to take from. I come. Amen. To, to put in. To put some time into it. Hey, this kingdom's worth putting some time into it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. There's going to be a payday. I promise you. I promise you. It's going to be worth every second, every moment, every sacrifice. Every step you made in faith is going to be worth it. I promise you. God bless you. Appreciate you. God bless you.